0: I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help.
1: Good morning. Good Friday, really. Thank you for tuning in on Friday today. uh, Professor Ward Scott. the Ward Scott files the Warthog here in the Warthog Manly Command Center inside the Mellon Law Studio, protected by crime prevention. Uh... 24-7, 365, and thanks to all the sponsors, all the spot cleaners, boy, I tell you, patronize them. Those are great folks, and the style cuts, and all the folks that you see rolling on the screen here, R&R Construction, uh, great people, supported us for a long time. And thanks to the donors and all who uh, kind of participate. Shoot GTR is a great range. Uh, It's the only outdoor range in our community. Well, well, well. We've had a lot of uh, comments from yesterday's show, I think rightfully so. Um, we wanted to provide that as a community service so that you might uh, participate as a um, member of the community and what the issues are. This one has been kind of deliberately swept under the rug. Uh, case closed, so to speak, if you will. Um, but the case is not really closed because now there's a federal case that's pending. And I want to go into a little bit of the questions that I've been asked since yesterday's show and try to clarify some things for you. Um, <clears throat> This is a complicated law. The justice system and the legal system is kind of a maze to people who don't ever get tangled up with it. There are, there are a lot of law abiding people who just simply have no reason to ever cross paths with the justice system and the, and the liars, the lawyers and all that. And the um, adjudications and, the uh, um, you know, the breaking down of the sentences from murder to a speeding ticket, so to speak. Um, but, but uh, you know, so I've had a lot of questions about exactly uh, what um, is going on in terms of that, particularly the thing I wanna focus on is how did the matrix go from two to 10? That has been uh, a question I've been asked a few times. And so uh, the research team, I wanna give shout outs to the team, uh, have provided me with uh, a direction, a go look at, which we did, and we're gonna focus a little bit on that today. The Gainesville Police Department Internal Affairs Investigative Report. Now, uh, this occurred on June 2nd, 2021. For those of you who um, complain about what Hamlet complained about in his soliloquy, "To be or not to be, the law's delay. Who would suffer the law's delay? The law's delay has been around since Elizabethan times, at least. Hamlet knew about it it was on his mind in the soliloquy and the law's delay is the agonizing slow grinding of the wheel so to speak of justice as it is debated and, and challenged and put on a docket and it's already overfilled and works its way through and this that one another and you know the state can do this and you're paying for them to do it but if you're the individual, who has to hire the liar, this is running up your tab considerably. And that's one of the tactics. Uh, It's to simply wear out the plaintiff. Um, You know, this is an expensive proposition uh, to go to the courtroom. And we have, we know, know public defenders. But, you know, most people, better or worse, if they really want to go in for war, will try to find the best guy they can find them and pay a handsome salary for that. Because the person who they hire should have high, high standards of argumentation. So, and having taught argumentation for a long time, I know that uh, there are the privileged minds that can do it. And there's a lot of others who can't do it. And just like every other profession, they're good lawyers or bad lawyers. And uh, the the really good ones uh, probably can be uh, skilled debaters. I used to Judge the state debate uh, contest here in the state of Florida. And I also participated in public speaking and uh, found that to be a challenge because, you know, you're on your feet and this, right, what I'm doing right now is a challenge. Uh, So I like it. I mean, I feel like uh, I can help you because I have a particular skill, understand some things that wouldn't be uh, clear to you otherwise. And you have to remember that you're getting an in-depth analysis here, which you will not get on our good friends at Channel 20, our good friends at Logical Chronicle right in depth, but it's written. Uh, This is oral. The call line is open today. And um, you can call. I think we'll probably have on the chat line if we don't already uh, the call-in number. And you can call in and participate anytime you'd like. So in, 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 uh, in response to some people who asked me a lot of questions about How this worked, Uh, I went and did a little bit more investigation into it and have come up with what we think is uh, a a good uh, uh, program here for you today. Um, uh, Somebody said they lost a picture buffering. That's probably uh, uh, your issue on your end. I'm watching the chat right now. Production, there's no reason for us not to be putting out a good picture. Right. Right, ma'am. Um, we're good. Production says we're good on our end, so if you're having a buffering problem or something, as we know these internets have been fickle the last couple of days. We were completely without one uh, uh, on Wednesday. So uh, the Gainesville Police Department, because of a challenge by uh, a Jason Hurst, a complaint form from Jason Hurst, um, uh, on June 24, 2021, um, uh, there was a complaint filed um, by a citizen. And the citizen, of course, was Jason Hurst, whom you see come down the stairs with his hands up. And in this complaint, <clears throat> formal complaint, he expresses concerns over the lack of care, a due diligence, and procedural control regarding police action taken by GPD. Now, those, I'm a composition rhetoric instructor, okay? So when these three items get listed, lack of care, due diligence, and procedural control, in composition, those become the topic sentences for the respective paragraphs that will be developed under those topics, under those topics. So therefore, since this writer, now we're, 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 we're assuming that the writer of this internal affairs report, and if you, if, you, if you like hearing a composition teacher talk to you about how to write, you're listening to one right now. Um, this writer who wrote this report, we're assuming that he accurately has cited what Jason Hurst was actually complaining about. Now, whether Jason Hurst said lack of care, I I don't know. We have to see the original language that Jason Hurst used because right in there is room for uh, a lack of clarity. So we're gonna go through this document and see if What led the writer of this document to list as a topic these three lack of care, due diligence, and procedural controls? Now, in the last next paragraph of this investigation, the writer, and I'm going to assume that the writer is the first person on the signature. It's signed by everybody, including Tony Jones, who couldn't have written uh, two sentences of this. Um, uh, I.A. Commander T. Hurst. um, uh, It it doesn't really say which one of these guys signed this, but I'm going to call it Hurst, I'm going to call it Durst. And uh, because his name appears first in the signatures. Well, and I don't know Mr. Hurst, Durst. well, let's see. It's got Hearst in the, it might be an H because it had Hearst in the body. Very poor handwriting. Um, anyway, I don't know who wrote this. It's going to be somebody that is in that signature box. I assume. I assume. So in this complaint, Hearst, that's Jason Hearst, acknowledges warrants are served on a regular basis. Ready? Really?
0: Somebody prompted him to acknowledge that. Or maybe his lawyer helped him acknowledge that. So what
1: is different about this warrant? That becomes the intriguing part of this. Analyzing this document is like peeling skin off of an onion. You have to peel off this. Then you have to peel off that. You have to peel off this. And finally, you get to the core of the onion. And I think I got to the core of the onion. But I can't tell you ahead of time until I peel off these layers. So
0: there's a quote that's
1: supposedly from Hearst. In his complaint, Hearst acknowledges warrants are served on a regular basis. However, he states there is a flaw in the process because the SWAT, which stands for Special Weapons and Tactics Team, along with undercover police officers, were used to execute a warrant at a real estate office, quote, with only three non threatening citizens inside. Hearst states the utilization of the SWAT team as a clear violation. Of the GPD policy addressing the execution of search warrants. Now, when Hearst said, and this is lifted out of context, by the way, only three non threatening citizens inside, you will hear this writer of this report come back and say, How did we know that? In other words, now this is something for you, the listeners, to debate.
0: The SWAT team assumed,
1: and so I have to peel this onion skin off and we'll find out later on when we get into the document a little further, what would make them assume a certain number of people were in this office that would warrant the warrant, not the warrant, but the execution of the search of the warrant. Now, this is Exhibit One, and it comes from the legal document prepared by Hearst attorneys.
0: Now, Mr.
1: Hearst, according to the document, everything I'm doing, and I'm reading from the document, the internal affairs report, and I'm analyzing it as a composition professor. Mr. Hearst states, he was not named in the search warrant, but feared for his life as he was detained by a member of the SWAT team utilizing an assault rifle that was pointed directly at him. Mr Hurst explains the trauma of this experience has led him to not feel and that's a split infinity, by the way, it should have been not to feel. You can always tell really excellent or substandard writing when you see split infinities, uh, to not feel safe in his office, home, or community, and has caused a significant disruption to his business. And while he feared for his life during the execution of the search warrant, he now fears for his life even more since speaking up regarding these procedural flaws in the police department processes. That's going to be the focus of this report rebuttal is whether or not there are procedural flaws. And the procedural flaws that we're gonna to read to see if it's ever addressed, and I'll let you figure out whether it is or not, because I'll get to it, goes from two to 10. Now, the rest of this document is um, the fact that the complaint has been uh, covered on a all thing, news outlets. This is a news outlet. All this discussion could find it way, its way into the court, uh, which I'll be fine. I'll be fine with no problem. <clears throat> now, the investigator of the investigative report on September twenty-four, two thousand twenty-one, interviewed Hearst under oath in the, in the presence of his attorney, and the GPD document. Uh, Theft Grand Other, the original report was written by Officer C. Talton, July 31st, 2020. And this is an ongoing, at the time of the writing of this investigation, an ongoing criminal investigation, and only a limited amount of information is released in response to public records. This is always the shield. This is always the shield. This is the thing that was used to keep Hearst from getting his phone back? Um, Computers? Why? Oh, you can't have it. It's an ongoing, ongoing criminal investigation. Now, one of the positions that you're going to hear me take and other people take questions. How does a civil issue, an argument over
0: commission? Get to be a criminal case. Okay? We know the answer to that. We know the answer to that. It got to be a criminal case because
1: Boss Hart, and we have the phone call on War Top Bulletin Board, and this will be posted, this investigative report will be posted on War Top Bulletin Board. We have the phone call
0: from Boss hearts Agency, saying we'll pay for the investigation. <clears throat> Once the data was acquired, I can assure you that neither
1: the GPD cops nor the state attorney knew what in the world they were looking at. I was in the courtroom.
0: When Judge Colal, then Judge Buck Curtin,
1: asked Omar the tent maker, the assistant state attorney, to produce the documents. They couldn't produce the
0: documents because they didn't know what the hell they had. That's how it got to be.
1: And then once Bossart pays or the so-called retrieval of the trade secrets from the cloud. And once GPD accepts them without knowing what they accepted, they take him to Judge Kreider, who apparently doesn't know what he signed off on, and says, OK, you can use this for a search warrant. He takes it to Kramer. And Kramer says, OK, go get him. None of them, none of them, as far as I can determine, knew what in the heck was in the material retrieved from the
0: documents on which the complaint was based. I can't find it. Now here is the process for a search warrant. In order to apply for a search warrant, the information
1: that is contained in the investigative report that has already been reviewed and approved by a GPD supervisor. There you go. Approved. The argument can be made without knowing what the supervisor approved. I have been in the courtroom and watched them fumble over this issue. Fumble over. it. They still don't know.
0: People can argue what's in
1: the material that was reviewed and approved by the GPD supervisor. But it's nevertheless used in the application and affidavit. So they swear, the cops swear that what they have got, which was paid for by Bosshart, is good enough to get a search warrant. They swear to it. The application and affidavit for search warrant is then reviewed by a supervisor at GPD. If the application and affidavit or search warrant is approved by GD supervisor, it's then, here we go, submitted to the state attorney's office of the Eighth Judicial Circuit. So you see how many people are signing off on something they don't know what they're signing off on? If the assistant state attorney approves the application and affidavit for search warrant, and I don't have to ask this question, It's not in the investigative report that I can find. Maybe it is. Somebody else can find. I've only read through this a few times. Did the assistant state attorney
0: know that
1: the basis for the affidavit was material supplied and paid for
0: by a party to the dispute? If so,
1: my friends, those of you who are after the state attorney's office, or here's your your issue. Did you sign off on
0: something and not know what you signed off on? Did you sign off on something and not know it was paid for by a party to the dispute?
1: If the assistant state attorney approves the application and affidavit for search warrant, it is then submitted to a judge in the 8th Judicial Circuit of the State of Florida. Only if the judge determines that there is probable cause in the application and affidavits for search warrant is the search warrant granted. So now we've got the judge, the judge is Judge Kriber, as I understand it.
0: So now you've got a judge signing off on it. Did the judge know when he signed off on it? That boss heart paid for the investigation on which the complaint is based. If the judge didn't know, if the state attorney's office didn't know, what is their legal and ethical responsibility to know?
1: While the judge is the only person who can authorize the issues of a search warrant, and I changed that to who, because who is for people and that is for things. Another piece of bad writing. While the judge is the only person that can authorize the issue of a search warrant, if any of the individuals that should be any of the individuals who reviewed the application before the judge determined that probable cause for the issue of search did not exist, the application and affidavit search warrant would not have proceeded to the next level. So the guy's admitting it. The investigators admitting it. All kinds of people said that the information on which this request for a search warrant is based is valid. It
0: never says who paid for it. And it never says we don't know what we paid for. It just appears evidently,
1: appears evidently to be valid. I based that on sitting in a courtroom listening to the assistant state attorney respond to a request from Judge Kolaw, who asked this distant state attorney, provide me with the actual trade secrets in writing
0: that you will show a jury. Never happened. That's when I smell the rat. That's when I smell the rat.
1: Now I'm not going to get into the pe uh, there's a really weird thing in here there uh, There is concern that the report uh, of items must have been retroactively altered because purse has got a vehicle uh, listed as stolen from a victim. Uh, on a date that was, didn't, that's just, I'm not going to get into that, I'm sorry I raised it. That, that is a, that, that is crazy. Um, when we post this, you can go look at that. That's nuts. I said incompetent, it's a, it's a piece of glaring incompetence in the report. Now, I got a calling line open. If you want to tee off on this, you can tee off on it. I mean, this is the whole idea. Um. Ask some questions. If I'm not covering your concern,
0: ask me a question. Now,
1: the investigative report addresses a concern that Jason Hurst had that he was not specifically listed in the warrant. If we go back to the beginning page, which I'm going to have here all the time, um, the lack of care, due diligence, and procedural control, I assume that would come under Well, any of those, any of those categories. Hearst is concerned that he was zip tied, had a gun on him, even though he was not listed in the warrant. This investigator who writes this report
0: replies as follows.
1: Generally, so we're going to get a general now, we're not going to get specific. Generally, during criminal investigations, back to the problem. The state attorney signed off.
0: The judge signed off.
1: And told the cops, we agree that this is a criminal case, because that which is stolen. Rises to the level trade secrets rise to the level which they never produced why the case is dropped. Rises, therefore, this warrant to a criminal, criminal. Now, this means like selling dope or shooting people
0: or stealing, stealing the criminal and a felony because the value of that which is stolen. Which turned out to have no value at all.
1: Generally, during criminal investigations, while as much effort as possible, as as much effort as possible, is placed on identifying all the individuals involved. Additional defendants and or co-conspirators are often unknown or identified later at the case progress. So they assume that Hearst could be a co-conspirator. This by no means, and this guy tries to alleviate this, this by no means indicates Mr. Hurst is implicated in the ongoing investigation or that he may be identified as a co-defense. Code He's covering himself. I am just trying to explain that not all individuals involved are known at the outset of most cases. We're not talking about most cases, dude. We're talking about this case.
0: You can't talk about most cases. You talk about this case. This is the point. this case. is' like, like Dr. Ans Oras told me. "Mr. Scott, you say here you want to narrow the point. One cannot narrow a point.
1: One may make another point smaller in diameter or larger in diameter, but that's another point.
0: You can't talk about other cases without bringing up the specific other cases and talk about them as analogous to this case. That is terrible writing. Terrible writing.
1: I'm going to take a break here. I'm going to continue this. I hope you're getting something out of it. Because you'll never get an opportunity like this to hear anybody like me talk about this ever. You won't even get to hear the lawyers talk about it.
0: Forty years of teaching
1: rhetorical strategies. Be right back on the Words Scott Files after our weather. the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold Sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On-the-Spot Dry Cleaners, r and Construction, and Stop Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscotfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner
0: wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch
1: him? No, thanks. Help me. Help. Help. Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. Welcome back to Ward Scott File. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave going through uh, something called the Janesville Police Department Internal Affairs Investigative Report and grading it, if you will, and finding it not to be, uh, certainly not to be an A paper. And What would I give this paper? I'll let you know when I get to the end of it. Um, the weather is pretty nice here in north central Florida, in Piney Woods, of uh, north central Florida in God's country. We've got a clear day, uh, probably up in the mid-70s and uh, no rain in sight right now. It'll be coming in in the weekend. Uh, we've got some more storms rolling in in the... Uh, uh, across the Pacific, and, and we've got a counterclockwise movement up in the uh, in New York City area dragging bad, bad weather all across I-95, which already is an impossible road to drive on. Um, I'm going to be uh, talking a little bit more about uh, these storms as they uh, affect California later on rather than in this weather report, because I don't really want to uh, depart too far right now from this analysis of this investigative report. Uh, so um, bear with me at the end of the program. Maybe I'll go back to a little bit more about uh, weather in California, particularly because it concerns uh, the influence of environmentalists on that uh, um, weather in California. I've got a phone line on. I think chat line number is up there now. 352-707-9101. If you have any uh, uh, kinds of um, questions, while I pile in. The um, uh, investigative report, is in response to Jason Hurst's complaint. And um, uh, we're going through evaluating how clear and uh, this report is and what it reveals and and uh, whether or not uh, uh, this uh, is, uh, is a teachable moment for you, basically, because a lot of people have asked me, well, how does this process of a warrant work? And this pretty much explains it. So uh, one of the things that... Uh, Jason Hurst said, according to what the investigative reporter said, is that the SWAT team burst into the building. Now, that uh, verb, burst, is going to come back to be rebutted by the investigator and also the video uh, treatment of what we see. But in the minds of the victims, it is a burst. Is it not? I've had so many of you contact me and say, my God, and your responses have mostly been emotionally driven. You place yourself in the position and you say right away, you would be feared for your life. And so perceptions of victims under stress um, are you know, quite uh, interesting compared to what this gentleman who wrote this report says. And he says that in reviewing uh, the footage, the uh, camera footage regarding the executioner's search warrant, and then he goes into this whole thing, the SWAT team arrives, he gives the time, they remain outside the doors of business, make several announcements, identify themselves as Gainesville police, say they have a warrant, and direct any occupants to come to the front door. And then as these announcements are being made, a total of three occupants exit the business, by a, a door as the SWAT team remains outside the building. Yes, they come down the stairs. You see the first one out is Dan Trotos. Uh, the doors utilized the, ex, the exit of the building were either unlocked or upon arrival or unlocked by an occupant. And then he cites all these people. And then he very coldly and, and uh, scientifically, if you will, objectively quotes the time and, and he's, rebutting, he's rebutting the word burst. And then he comes back and says, Mr. Hurst stated in his interview that the SWAT team remained outside of the building while he was directed to exit the building. Uh, But he was concerned that an assault rifle was pointed at him during the execution of the search warrant. Well, wouldn't you be? Now, here's the rebuttal to that. So he's rebuttaled the word. The the, the writer has rebutted the word burst, says we calmly stood outside the door. We didn't break any doors down, and now he's going to rebut this assault rifle. He never denies that the assault rifle was utilized. Here's what he says. The writer, it is standard operating procedure. And an accepted practice to utilize firearms when executing search warrants. Utilize is an interesting verb, because what do you mean utilize? What do you mean utilize?
0: Mr. Writer of this report, what do you mean utilize? Do you mean have it in your pocket? You could say that's utilizing. Do you mean
1: draw it from its holster? You know, I misspoke yesterday. I said those are 30 caliber clip note. They're 30 round magazines, not caliber. I think they carry a 223 or else they carry the NATO round. But it's a 30-round magazine with three. Of them. They had 90 rounds in those magazines on their body, in addition to the weapon to fire them. 90 rounds. And how many?
0: A dozen? SWAT team? About. So you have. 12 times 90. My friends, is that utilization? Is that utilization? Now, this guy tries to cover this because he knows this is
1: a weak moment in SWAT team behavior. It is standard operating procedure and an accepted practice to utilize firearms. He doesn't even say what kind of firearm it is. Why didn't he call
0: it what it is?
1: Biden sure as heck does. Me as well. I want to outlaw magazines. I want to outlaw. You know, come on, brother. State what the firearm is. To utilize firearms when executing search warrants, whether they are being served by the SWAT team or another entity of the police department. Now, listen to this. A majority of the premises that are subject to search warrants host a variety of unknowns for law enforcement, including but not limited to the number of occupants, animals, fortifications and or presence, location of weapons. Once again. uh, Mr. Scott,
0: you cannot narrow a point.
1: You can make another point smaller in diameter than the previous point or larger in diameter. That's another point. Mr. Ryder here in this, you can't generalize about the majority of premises without
0: stating specifically those premises. and or the presence location of weapons. Now listen to this sentence.
1: Even if the SWAT team was not utilized, should be were not utilized because it's subjunctive contrary to fact, even if the SWAT team were not utilized to execute this search warrant, and listen to this, it is very possible that the occupants would have had a firearm pointed at them while the premises Was being secure.
0: Let me take a sip of coffee on that. With my red pen,
1: I wrote in the margin, you say, as an officer of the law, and that makes you an officer of the court, that even if the SWAT team was not utilized to execute this search warrant, it is very possible that the occupants would have had a firearm pointed at them on the premises. Very possible. You know what I would do if I were the lawyer defending Hearst? I'd attack this point. I'd attack
0: this point. Very possible. Oh, have you done research on Collier's International Office before you came to it?
1: You begin. You, you, you begin to see the trend, don't you? They're not ever going to answer the question of how it went from two to ten. Are you beginning to see this?
0: Not really. And you all, do you see that they're going to pass the buck? And they're never, ever going to mention? Unless it's in here and I come
1: to it. So far, I haven't seen it. Based on what? And in reviewing, then the writer says in reviewing the footage, he was able to determine, determine that during the execution of the search warrant. Listen to this, listen to this. Mr. Hurst had a rifle pointed at him for approximately 10 seconds. Let me
0: tell you something, my friends. At Shoot GTR. Where I and my friends practice their skills. If you ever, 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 ever. Did something like that. You would be gone forever from that range. I don't even want to be downrange and hear a magazine close. That for me is enough. You gotta go because accidents happen. This guy admits that for 10 seconds, okay, I'm gonna be quiet for 10 seconds. 10 seconds. That's how long a military style, you saw with 30 round magazines was pointed pointed Mr. Hurst because it was very possible According to the logic of this rebuttal by this investigator, very possible Mr. Hirsch could have drawn a gun. Well, that's, that's what he's saying. Very possible he could have drawn a gun and had a shootout with the dad swat team. Are you kidding me? Now, then this
1: man understands he's on a kind of soft sand, so he says this I understand and believe that most individuals in Mr. Hurst's position, would fear for their life as a rifle is pointed at them. Now, get this. While this may not mitigate the fear at that particular moment, the SWAT team is extremely proficient in the handling of weapons due to their specialized training and qualification requirements. During the execution of the search warrant, the rifle was pointed at Mr. Hurst only for the amount of time, 10 seconds, necessary to verbally order him from the building. Are you telling me, GPD, are you telling me that Mr. Hurst would not have left the
0: building if he hadn't had a gun pointed at him? What if it had been your mother? Are you telling me
1: she wouldn't have exited the building? What if it was a little child up there and you didn't know about it? Are you telling me the little child wouldn't have exited the building without
0: a gun pointed at him? Is that what you're telling me, Mr. Investigator?
1: And in summation to this point, the investigator says, overall, During this operation, the SWAT team conducted themselves in a calm and efficient manner. Well, he just contradicted himself. Don't you understand this? If you're
0: highly trained, you should be calm. But that doesn't mean that a child couldn't have come around the corner or a mother And a mistake could have been made. It doesn't even talk to that. So this grade on this paper is plummeting. In summary,
1: the largest approximate time, are you ready ready for this? In summary, the largest, longest approximate time that any of the occupants had a gun pointed at them, and any would be singular, so it be, should be at him or her, pronoun confusion, had a gun pointed at it was 15 seconds. So there were some people, my God, man, there were some people who had, I mean, I mean I'm going to shut up and do 15 seconds. Okay? I'm going to shut up for 15 seconds. And you're standing there, and you got a
0: gun pointed out. Here's how long it'd be. Fifteen seconds.
1: That's how long you had a gun pointed at you. And this all you're supposed to re, you, you're supposed to relax during this. You're supposed to relax.
0: Mr. Hearst was zip-tied for 14 minutes. 14 minutes, not seconds. Belongs to any of the others it was about 15 minutes. about 15 minutes, huh?
1: That's standard operating procedure, this guy says, and lawful for individuals present during the execution of a search warrant to be detained in order to minimize the risk of harm to the officers and/or occupants of the and/or occupants of the property, you, you just zip tied the occupants of the property. This is really, this investigative report has plummeted to a C. Plummeted.
0: Plummeted. I'm going to go to the con-
1: something I've been peeling this. Who, when you get to the center of the onion, is a
0: responsible? And this is my opinion based upon the evidence that I see.
1: I mean, ask these questions this way. Is it the responsibility of the state attorney, Mr. Brian Kramer, to know what he certified
0: as valid? Is it the responsibility of Judge Kreider to know what he certified as valid?
1: And by valid, I mean to say independently acquired by someone who was not a party to
0: the investigation. Is it the responsibility of GPD to say to the Bolzart people, Geez, thank you, but no thank you. We're not going to use your money to
1: pay for the retrieval of the so called trade secrets that will then certify and pass. That's not
0: ethical. By agreement of the state attorney's
1: office, the 8th Judicial Circuit, Mr. Hurst and other individuals involved, certain items were received in search warrant, and they will be returned on before August 18th, 2021. Uh, This was written a couple
0: months before that. We'll see. Here is the criteria for the matrix. Here is the criteria for the matrix. This is under the title, concern that
1: the use of the SWAT team for the execution of this search warrant was a violation of GDP policy. Search searches, high risk. This is considered a high risk warrant. After consulting with a supervisor, the department member seeking a warrant shall notify, it only talks about its procedure, shall notify the special weapons and tactics SWAT commander as soon as possible when aware of the need to execute a high-risk warrant. The following guidelines represent the general criteria to be met prior to the use of SWAT for a high-risk search and arrest warrants. Are you ready for this? You tell me how many of these things check off. The crime at issue is a violent crime or is commonly associated with crimes of violence. Do you consider the theft of so-called trade secrets, my audience, my students, to be a high risk
0: crime? Associated with violence. The theft of trade secrets
1: in the minds of the people who wrote 10 on the swap matrix is associated with the possibility of violence. The location in question is barricaded against entry or the suspect is inside a location vehicle or hidden from view and refuses to submit to arrest. Did you see anybody? Or do you think any of these people who are professionals, want an intern, would refuse to be arrested when they saw this,
0: these guys with 30-round magazines?
1: Do you believe, for example, there's any reason to believe the suspect is armed and may use weapons against enforcement officers? You could have... Hey, you could research this. Now, it's true that Grotos has a a concealed weapon permit, I'm told. I got a concealed weapon permit. You go through elaborate training before you get a concealed weapon permit. I mean, we know darn good and well what that's about. We're not going to pull a concealed weapon on, on a SWAT team.
0: In fact, most people don't even have it on their person. It's an absolute dire last ditch against a violent criminal, not the cops. The people who shoot at the cops are the people who don't have a concealed weapon permit, who got a gun they stole. Or the suspect's background
1: reveals a propensity towards violence. A suspect's background reveals a propensity I'm I'm, I'm stuttering now. I am sorry. I am sorry.
0: This is Warren taking a two to a ten.
1: And then he goes into this generality about a matrix list, certain factors, and signs each factors. We know that.
0: We know that, Dude. And then he says,
1: "I reviewed the GPD SWAT search warrant matrix attached to SWAT planning documents. This matrix indicated three factors which resulted in a higher point assessed and compared to Detective Pinkton's matrix. You ready for this? A higher point total placed this matrix in the medium risk tier. But during an interview with the SWAT commander, Lieutenant West, he stated he was aware of the modification of the matrix utilized in the planning of this search warrant." He also stated, as occurred in this case, after the SWAT team receives the matrix from the investigating officer, the SWAT team reviews it for accuracy and create a correct application during the plan. We know that, dude. Regularly, as in this case, adjustments are made to the matrix that may result in lower or higher points. We know that.
0: So still, what set it to 10?
1: This is as close as I can get to it, my friends. And you can look at this. This man says that without going into great detail, some of these factors could include the size of the structure, the number of stories, the presence of multiple living groups. We heard that already. What were you afraid of? What were you afraid of when you were going to the real estate office? What
0: made you so frightened? The long and more the length the length more lengthy the explanation, the less you believe it. You know, truth is always succinct. Cover-ups are always lengthy. In this case, it has
1: also been mentioned that the warrant was for a white collar crime. Well, that may be the case. It's, it's, it's still a crime that usually rises to the level of felony. And if convicted, individuals committing, here we go again, a point is a point is a point. Quit comparing this to other things that you don't cite in the document. I'm going to run out of time, but that's basically the document. One last thing they do, which I think is unbelievable. They compare this to the Internet Crimes Against Children unit that regularly utilizes a smaller contingency of the SWAT team to execute their search warrants. Are you comparing? Yes, they are. They say it in the document. Are you comparing? Do you have the audacity?
0: Or do you have the audacity to compare the Internet crimes against children
1: to the Drotos Real Estate Collier's office? You cannot be serious. Have a great weekend. Board Hall Command Center out.